0: Ion on 2020, episode 66. Have 2020 vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray and your host with the most for this Democratic candidate roast. Sorry, I came up with some stupid little one-liner, and I figured I'd go ahead and throw that at you guys, uh, trying to be funny, you know, hey, my wife always says I'm not funny, but I try my best, and uh, that's all I can do, but yesterday, I have listened to the, uh, the podcast I put out, and my son is the episode 65 uh, intro, and man, he... I didn't realize that he was being so crazy when he did that, and it just sounded a little bit outrageous. So I apologize for that. If you're listening to, if you listen to that show just before you listen to this show, because uh, your pod feed is, you know, backed up a little bit, then I do apologize. But uh, keep on listening because I'll, you know, always try to throw something in there that is a little bit funny here and there and uh you know i gotta be here to entertain and have fun with this thing and if i can get my kids involved in this thing as well i just you know they know that i'm doing the podcast and uh my son always likes to get a little bit you know get a little crazy when he's doing the intros and stuff uh my daughter the same way Um, i love those kids and it's it's just fun to see them uh that they're actually interested in what i'm doing because they're at ages now where eventually they're not going to care what i'm doing so uh better better uh, get as much of that as I can while I have that chance, right? Uh, but anyway, I appreciate you coming out and listening today. I really do. Uh, got 66 episodes now. This is good. This is crazy. When I started this thing back in January, I was just kind of doing it for fun, doing it as a hobby, seeing where it would go, and uh, I'm really enjoying doing it. I, you know, I spend some time every day uh, putting together the podcast, making sure that I come up with some news that you can use, and uh, spend some time now editing the the uh the web page that i have and that is i on the empire.com go ahead and check that if you want to find some news and information with regards to not only just this 2020 election cycle but also international foreign affairs news and things like that um i am going to call myself for now on the uh the chief editorial the chief editor of i on the empire because uh, i guess that's what i am and i'm <laughs> i'm the one that's editing everything that's on that content so i could use my title and sound cool um but anyway, I'm just doing it, you know, more for fun, whereas as a hobby. See where it takes, and uh, get, gather a listening audience like yourselves that are listening out there, uh, so that we could learn about these candidates and make some decisions on what we're going to do uh, going forward. You know, throw some memes out there, argue with your friends about these candidates, and just kind of have a general idea of who they are for when people are talking about it. For example, my uh, my my aunt, I was on Facebook and I see that she says, "Who is this Pete Buttigieg guy?" And I said. I just, you know, threw out there and I said he's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and he's running for president. And uh, obviously, she's she's from like the Massachusetts area, so she's a huge Democrat, I'm sure. Although she did follow Gary Johnson quite a bit on the uh, campaign last time, because I don't think she liked Hillary Clinton, I don't think she liked Donald Trump. Obviously, she didn't like Donald Trump, and uh, definitely did not like Hillary Clinton that much. I don't know if she voted for Gary Johnson, but she'd always be posting little things about Gary Johnson. And what he was doing. I think she lost that you know, lost her taste for him though, once he started making all these little um these little faux pas that he was doing, you know, with the Aleppo moment and the the press started beating up on him and stuff. He would have gotten a lot further if he wasn't if he was a little bit more coached on the way to talk to people as well as more, you know, better as a better at explaining himself and better coached on, you know, foreign affairs and things like that. But she kind of like gary johnson and she would always kind of reach out to me and say hey uh you know this gary johnson guy tell me about him and stuff but she she reaches out and just not reached out to me but she posts does anyone know who this pete Buttigieg guy is and i said yeah he's the mayor of south ben indiana and he's also running for president she says yeah i know that anything else that you know about him and I, my response was a basically i said listen being a libertarian, I typically don't like any candidates, at all. I don't like politicians once whatsoever. I said, but <clears throat> my feeling is is that he's very much like Bernie Sanders, and that's kind of the, you know, the flavor of the month right now for the Democratic Party. That's kind of where they're going is towards a more of a democratic socialist feel. And I said, so my feeling is is if the Democrats want to beat Donald Trump, then they need to put up somebody who's gonna be more toward more towards the middle. So they can they could go just far enough to the left to win the nomination, but they have to be able to easily come back to the middle and become more centrist going into the um actual election. So you could be a little bit left for the for the primaries, but you can't be that far left that you can't move to the right. And somebody like Bernie Sanders cannot do that for sure. A uh, Pete Buttigieg uh sounds like he Cannot do that very well because he's really mimicking a lot of the things that um, that Bernie Sanders is saying. He's not going quite as far to the left as a Bernie Sanders, I don't think. But I, I mean, I, I basically said if they want if they want somebody that's a centrist, they got to go with a Joe Biden or an Amy Klobuchar or somebody who's uh, I guess that mayor of or that not mayor sorry the the uh, former governor of Colorado. I can't remember what his name is, but he's you know that extreme moderate guy so i kind of said to her that's what they they're gonna need so i don't know for to me it's more i knowing all this stuff now that i've been doing this show for so long knowing all this stuff is beneficial for people that i talk to uh just so i could give out little words of wisdom to those people and i could drop in some libertarian spin on things as well whenever i'm talking them so that maybe i could help change their minds and hopefully that's something that I could help you guys do as well. And that's why I'm putting this show up there is so that libertarians can have a good view of, you know, these candidates, but also they could, so you guys can speak, uh, educated on, you know, be educated on these candidates and what they're, what they're, what they stand for and also have some ammunition to go into any type of, uh, not arguments, but conversations that you have with a more liberal person, whether it's at your college, whether it's with your family members, whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with people at work, so that you'll have that little bit of ammunition to go out there. And if you are, you know, somebody that's listening that's a liberal or a Republican, you know, at least you can have that ammunition as well uh, from your standpoint, but also so you can be, you know, have a general idea of what, what where we're coming from, right? Where are libertarians coming from? And that's that's my goal. So, uh, but I appreciate you listening. I do. And if you can go ahead and subscribe to the show, uh, you'll hear this show tomorrow in your podcatcher because I'm doing this thing Monday through Friday monday through friday for you i'm scouring through that news just you know trying to find that one those little bits and drops of information that will help you to make a better decision going into 2020 and uh if you like what you hear give me a five-star rating or interview and then follow me on my twitter and that is at i on the empire and i am at or i'm www.iontheempire.com and that's me that's that's where you'll find me so um let's hop into the news um one thing is, so it's the end of, end of March, right? It's not right now the end of March, but the end of March just came and gone, right? And now you're starting to see the fundraising numbers come out from the different campaigns. And what is surprising is who are the top fundraisers for, the, uh, for that quarter. And there is a way to actually go in and find out exactly what these people raised and what their debts are and so forth. And that's a, a, the FC, Federal Elections Commission, so the FEC. They, have, they all have to report there. And that, those numbers are not finalized yet, so they're not even on there. But I guess some preliminary numbers have been reported to different news agencies. And I found this on abcnews.gov. right? And it says first 2020 democratic fundraising numbers give early snapshot of the, of the competitive primary ahead candidates have begun to release their first fundraising hauls for the camp of the campaign. Um, so far when I was looking at the end of the quarter for 2018, so that would be December 31st, 2018 only John Delaney had raised any money. Uh, as a candidate there was a few others that were on there but they had like you know maybe $50,000 $100,000 raised and that's about it you have multiple candidates that are dem- that are running on the democratic ticket that are unknowns so cuz i think you have like 6 or 700 or probably like 5 to 600 people that are running as democrats right now that are like unknown people right but then you have the the main people that are running and the only one that was on there was John DeLaney and i think he had raised $6 million the last quarter of 2018, that's pretty insane for a guy that literally gets 40 people that like his Twitter posts, so maybe it's a lot of people that are that, that were donating to his campaign that, um, like, large donors or something, I don't know, because he's not that popular, according to Twitter, is from what I've seen, but um, now that you're going into the first quarter of 2019, that's when you're going to start seeing the fundraising come out, and... This is what the article says. As of 2020, this is by John Verroheck, and it says, um, As of 2020, Democratic presidential primary continues to take shape. Top contenders for the primary nomination are beginning to release their first fundraising hauls of the campaign, a key benchmark of how well resourced they will be in the early stages of the competitive race. I mean, we're going into the... um the summer of 2019 which is going to have your you know all the debates going on and stuff so these guys really need to get their names out there right so that's what they're talking about here while candidates are not required by the federal election commission to report their fundraising numbers for the first quarter of 2019 until april 15th top contenders are often eager to release their initial numbers and the number of individuals that donate their camp donated their campaigns to demonstrate the viability and grassroots strength of the campaigns. So, most of these guys aren't going to actually release them until April 15th, and that's when they'll actually be on the website for the Federal Election Commission, but some of these guys have decided to go ahead and release now. It says, thus far, Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont and Kamala Harris of California and South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg have released their first quarter fundraising numbers, all reporting substantial totals despite competing in one of the largest primary fields in modern political history. There are a lot of people vying for those um, dollars of of donors, so that's pretty impressive that these guys are going to get these large numbers, and you'll see in just a second. The fundraising total also gives an early indication of which candidates will likely qualify for the first major debates of the primary season, which will take place June 26th and 27th in Miami, Florida, per standards set by the Democratic National Committee. I talked about that yesterday, or a couple days ago. Uh, the candidate, a candidate will qualify for a debate if he or she receives donations from at least 65,000 individuals across 20 states, with a minimum of two hundred and eight donors per state. Senator Bernie Sanders raises $18.2 million from 525,000 individual donors in the first 41 days of his campaign. Sanders, who came into the race with a pre-existing and active donor base, reported on Tuesday that his campaign raised $18.2 million from 525,000 individual contributors since launching his campaign on February 19th. That is a lot of people. A half, over half a million people donated to his campaign It says, and he writes on Twitter, Real change always takes place from the bottom up, not the top down. We are building an unprecedented coalition to not only defeat Trump, but transform the country into one one that works for all people. Thank you, all who are supporting supporting this movement. Let's keep going. So I guess he says in 41 days he had almost 900,000 donations, $20 average per donation. 88% 88% of the money raised by donors who gave less than $200. Majority of younger than 39 years old. Zero fundraising events. 99.6 raised online. So he just has a lot of people that are quick to donate to him. Which that's, I mean, obviously he was highly popular in the last election with younger people. So those people are on on that list for him to send them emails and get them to donate. The average donation of the campaign is 20 bucks. So... That's pretty good. That's, I mean, for him, that says that he has a grassroots movement, which he does. Uh, we all know that. Um, this campaign will, it says, quote, this campaign will have resources and the volunteers' grassroots strength to compete in every single state in the primary process. Jeff Weaver, who led Sanders' 2016 campaign and now serves as a senior advisor to his 2020 bid, told reporters on Tuesday. Senator Kamala Harris raises 12 million dollars from 218,000 individual contributions she is the person that is uh she i guess she's a senator from new york i guess she took over hillary clinton's spot right i talked about that her before harris harris's campaign released the first quarter fundraising totals monday evening reporting that her campaign raised 12 million bucks all right and that's um she doesn't get into the exact number per person but, you know, most of 98% were under $100. So this campaign is powered by the people focused on making health care a right, putting $500 a month in the pocket of working Americans and giving every public school teacher in America a raise. We're excited by the support. We're already seeing Harris's campaign manager, Juan Rodriguez, wrote in a statement Monday night. So she wants to, her, they're focused on making health care a right and putting $500 a month in the pocket of working Americans. Okay. So I guess she's going to do that through a tax cut. I'm not sure how. Um, and then she wants to make health care a right. I didn't realize that. Or I, I don't hope hope you all don't realize this already. Or hope you do realize this already. Healthcare technically is a right in the sense that you have the right to go get health care. No one's stopping you. But they don't. They say it as in healthcare care a right that the government's going to provide for you. So uh that's gonna force somebody else to pay for your health care that's what she's saying we want to make it so that someone else is forced to pay for your health care we want to lower your taxes by 500 dollars a month if you're a working american okay i'm i guess i'm for that i'll go with less money going to the government um and i want to make every school teacher in america give all of them a raise she says okay that's great um So anyhow, moving on. South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg rakes in seven million dollars, despite starting off the race virtually unknown. And he did a—he had very like quite a few interviews. He went, you know, to to the media pretty hard and started doing lots and lots of interviews. And when you listen to him speak, people people listen. I guess people were like, "Wow, this guy is amazing. He's you know he really has some good ideas and everything else." But he's really. You know, I said this early in the show when I was talking about my uh, my cousin that reached out to me. He is, uh, you know, really speaking a lot of the same message that like a Bernie Sanders, just maybe a Bernie Sanders light, is what you would say. Uh, Buttigieg, who launched his presidential exploratory committee in January twenty on January twenty third, started off the race virtually unknown to a national audience, but has garnered significant attention in recent weeks as he continues to appear on the campaign trail in states like South Carolina and Iowa. A poll last month from Quinnipiac University showed his supporters at 4% nationally, the same level of support as Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren, another top contender. On Monday, Buttigieg's campaign announced that candidate has raised $7 million in the first quarter of 2019, a substantial total. Yeah, so if he's third in line with these guys, I wonder how much somebody like Elizabeth Warren announced that she raised. I'm not sure. Um, So who has yet to release their first quarter financial numbers in short the rest of the democratic field so everyone else the total of 16 candidates that have officially entered the race um they have not announced the expectations for former texas rep beto o'rourke are as high as, after his campaign reported record-breaking 6.1 million raised in the first 20 hour 24 hours after his campaign so he should have some pretty high numbers and then elizabeth warren who launched her presidential exploratory committee just before the start of the new year and officially launched her bid in early February, has also not released her initial findings. I wonder if she's not releasing them yet because she's a little bit scared that uh, the numbers are gonna not match what they are. But I'm gonna do a little bit more research and find out if these candidates um, have released anything in the last, you know, 24 hours since I found this particular article. So let me let me look at that and I'll go ahead and uh, do a little bit of research real fast. So Andrew Yang uh, reportedly has $1.7 million raised, and I'm going to do a show on him because I talked about that the other day as well, that he's becoming a pretty popular candidate with his idea for the uh, Universal Basic Income, so I'll go ahead and do a show on him pretty soon as well as what Universal Basic Income is, you'll see that coming out shortly, probably in the next two weeks or so, uh, I have a list of other types of shows that I want to do so far, so uh, that's going to be one of them though and uh 1.7 million raised over the over the quarter and that's from 80,000 individual donors and that's in february and march alone um so and he's an outsider so they say it's really hard for somebody like that to tap into such a huge donor base but he is able to been able to do it by doing lots and lots of tv um uh, media advertise or media spots and so forth um Bernie Sanders, like I said, he has that $18.2 million. I just found a few other different uh, people that announced theirs as well. But the main one was, yeah, that's it. So I'm going through this particular article that I found on CBS News, uh, that's from you know, the most recent article, the only other person that has announced is Andrew Yang, along with that Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris and um Pete Buttigieg so I'll keep you guys up to date on that I mean that's not really too important I imagine um on what these guys are raising but it's telling on who's who's raising the most amount of money and who's the quickest to announce because they did meet certain goals there you know that's an overwhelming number maybe it'll cause other people to kind of drop out um and see but hopefully that some of these candidates you know would drop out because there's going to be so many people that are running and I guess it's going to be good for me though and it's going to be good for Donald Trump because Donald Trump is going to have so many people to make fun of and it's funny to watch the guy I swear to god it is um it's just funny to watch him because you know it's an enter it's going to be an entertaining 2020 just like 2016 was very entertaining so you guys keep on listening as well did anybody see the there's a Netflix show though I think it's actually from A&E and e uh, but it's the Netflix show, The Trumps, and it's um, I don't I'm not sure if that's exactly it, but I started watching it. It's only three TV, three hour and a half long specials, I guess, and they're just talking about Trump and his life. But it starts off about his uh, his grandfather when his grandfather came over from Germany and went from Germany to New York. He left his family basically one night and just moved and left a note and said, "I'm moving to New York." He takes a boat over to New York, and gets on the first train he could find to get over to the West. Goes out west and works in one of the uh, gold, uh, the silver mining towns out in, out north of Seattle. And instead of going out and mining silver, he actually starts a hotel, and a brothel. And then from there, he ends up going up to Alaska for the gold rush and starts a couple, starts a brothel and a hotel up that way as well. And when the town that he is living in and has his hotel and gets bypassed by a train and he knows what's going to happen that that train's going to go to a specific city he literally takes that hotel puts it into the water on a barge and floats that thing <laughs> up up into the up into the yukon and freaking takes that hotel and starts that hotel there is that insane or what that's just i mean that's is resourceful i tell you what um so that's where donald trump comes from is that guy but i don't i I mean donald trump never knew the guy i think during the interviews that they had with him back in 2014 he says that donald trump says that guy must have been you know had a spectacular life and he must have i mean that's pretty crazy that he would do that but a very enterprising guy um but then donald trump's father was a very hard-nosed businessman and that's how donald trump was raised as well uh it's interesting to see it's just it's fun to watch it um and the next episode i guess is going to be all about him being a playboy in the 80s and so forth 80s and 90s being a playboy um but it gives a i mean it gives it gives a good story about how he came up it also gets into some of the controversy that they had in the family business in the 60s and 70s and uh, how they kicked his brother out and his brother ended up drinking himself to death and stuff um might be worth a watch if you're interested in that kind of stuff. I'm usually not too interested in politics and politicians, to be honest. But I do love documentaries about people's lives. Um, I always find that interesting, and I like to read biographies and so forth. So that might be something for y'all to watch. Go ahead and check it out and let me know what you think. Uh, you can do that on my Twitter handle. That is IonTheEmpire. And you could also uh, check me out at IonTheEmpire.com. And just keep on coming back and listening. Listen some more. And uh, you can do that by subscribing to the show. But if you are going to do that, come back tomorrow and you will have clear vision for 2020.